Well, I'm excited to welcome you as we gather once again as the Christ Journey family, not only here in South Florida and our campuses, but also across the nation, around the world, through church online, and wherever you're making your connection today, we welcome you and we invite God's blessing upon you. In fact, I would love for us in one voice to get on the same page, so would you repeat after me? Let's speak so as to be heard, but repeat after me, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Amen. We gather together today as God's people, trusting that nothing is too hard for God, and we invite his overwhelming love and grace into every heart, into every home, into every family, into every part of the lives of those who have gathered with Christ's journey today. So I welcome you in that spirit. And um, I'm excited about the, the message today, the final in the series, Pure Jesus, but I gotta tell you, I'm also, I also struggled with the title. Sometimes they come easy, sometimes they don't. And the title that I started off with was uh, Pure Jesus, Friend and Family. Um, and I just, it's not, it's not where I wanna go. But you know, the series is um, Pure Jesus, and we're asking this question out loud. We're wondering, what would it be like to get a dose of pure Jesus in your life? Not a filtered Jesus through a denominational framework or political viewpoint, but, uh, and not a knockoff Jesus, because there are different ones you know, available in the market today. But what if you got the pure Jesus, I mean, right from the pages of the New Testament, just uh, unfiltered, raw, organic and what we've seen in the series so far is that most definitely to know the pure Jesus to, is to experience forgiveness and freedom from God. The forgiveness of sins. What, um, what theologians call justification. That means just as if I'd never sinned. When God looks at you, it's just as if I'd never sinned. Would you say that with me? Just as if I'd never sinned. That's how you know that you have connected with the pure Jesus, that his forgiveness has brought relief from guilt, release from sin's condemnation, so that right now you enter into a new story with God. Jesus said in communion, Matthew chapter 26, verse 28, he said that this is my body for you, this is my blood shed for the remission of sins. The word remission appears eight times in the Bible. It means dismissal. It means removal. It means release. It means pardon. It means um, ascending away or a letting go. It means complete forgiveness. It means that you bear the debt no longer, that there is no condemnation that is coming to you, that uh, pure Jesus, when you experience pure Jesus, it's like I'd laid my burden down. How can you know that you have connected with the pure Jesus and not a knockoff? You've laid your burden down. You've let go of your guilt. Next, that's justification. Next, we learned that it means receiving new power. And Coach Diaz was here to talk about that with us, um, about a new team connecting with the church, about the power of God's love, being welcomed into your perspective, God's truth, and then the power of God's spirit brings power into your life to win, the power to win over sin, over temptation, over circumstances that threaten to take you down. So Jesus said this, come to me, all you who are thirsty, 
Being thirsty is not a bad thing. It's just a signal that says, hey, when I'm thirsty, I need to go somewhere. Jesus said, come to me and drink and drink and drink and drink because then he promised whoever believes in me out of his inmost being shall flow rivers, torrents, life-giving streams of living water. How can you know that you have experienced the pure Jesus? Sanctification is the theological word for this. Sanctification. It means um, that his, he is giving us internal evidence that God is real, and we're seeing awareness in our lives and in our connection with others, that we, we find ourselves living as receivers on one end, but allowing the channel of life to flow through us so that others start experiencing it around us. It's your power to win. But like I said, you know, this, this, I struggle with the title for this talk because I started with Pure Jesus, Your Friend and Family, because one of the things you experience in Pure Jesus is a relational priority with him. God is personal, and he brings us into personal relationship with him, but it doesn't, it's not just about knowing God personally. Um, you know, and what happens when you're in a family, you discover who you are and where you belong. Okay, that's connection in community, but it's not just identity, and it's not just community that you receive when you know pure Jesus. You, you're invited into a transformational experience. So the word is transformation, transformation. And it involves a dynamic interaction that invites us to grow through that interaction. So when we're invited to follow Jesus, we're not only invited to follow a, to, to enter into a comfortable place where we feel comfortable to be who we are and to belong with others together, though we say, thank God for that. Um, it's also a place where we are to become. So we experience a kind of stretching and a stirring that that makes us that takes us beyond our comfort zones and puts us on this developmental track enlarging our capacities leading us to live larger lives so that we might have a, a larger impact in the world so here's the title that I'm settling on pure jesus your belonging and your becoming because to know the pure Jesus, the New Testament Jesus of the Gospels, is to allow him to lead you into becoming more than you've been. You're stretched. Now, I want to hit a kind of pause button here for a moment and just say, you know, my experience with Christ's journey has been so stretching to me. And most recently, the 25-year anniversary of our service and ministry together, Lisa and I, with the congregation, um, I'm still, uh, just stretched me in ways beyond, that I did not see coming. Um, your kindness and your thoughtfulness and your generosity and your prayerful encouragement and then the gifts that so many of you participated in giving so that Lisa and I might be able to take an extended sabbatical leave sometime in the future. So we're already looking into that and, um, and that, I was blown away from that, by that, and um, as embarrassing as it was to me at the time, it's still, I wanted to say thank you once again for that kind of kindness that you've shown me. That was Sunday. And also, thank you for the way that you love my family that was here with us. Thank you so much. Um, but guess what happened on Monday? It was another stretching experience that I didn't see coming. I got this phone call from a local Harley dealer 
who told me that a, a friend of mine called my friend by name. It's, I'm, not, I'm gonna let him be anonymous, but he told me that this friend of mine who was a former member of our church and who now also lives in another state had called his dealership and had entered my name into a raffle contest for a Harley and I won the raffle. So it's like, okay, this is, uh, I said, so, uh, so I won the raffle. He goes, yeah, this hardly ever happens. I said, well, did you call my friend and tell him I won? And he goes, not yet. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I know what kind of raffle this is. And so the prize that I needed to come and pick up was a 2016 police issue Harley Road King uh, that had been refurbished. It had been retired from the Dade County Police Force. And so if you saw a picture of me on social media with this very cool motorcycle, um, then it was me picking up my raffle prize. Um, but the reason that I wanted to tell you that today is because that was a stretching, a recent stretching experience that has come to me. Um, and the second reason I wanted, and I'm still blown away by it, the second reason I'm telling you is because I don't want you to think, because so many of you gave so generously that Lisa and I might be able to take some sabbatical leave. I didn't want you thinking, pastor took the sabbatical leave money and spent it on a Harley Davidson? <laughs> I wanted you to know, I did not do that. If you're thinking that, tell somebody. Um, and then the third reason is to make my point today that the people you journey with stretch you. They have a way of stretching you, the ones that you love and the ones that love you and the ones that want to bring out the best in you and challenge you, you know. They affect your life. They are like change agents in your life. And that's what Jesus envisions in his community of faith. To follow pure Jesus is to be invited into a transformational journey where um, Jesus never intended his followers to just coast comfortably through life, but rather to be developmentally deployed to be change agents in a world that's in desperate need of help. So he says, take up your cross and follow me. Not take up your, you know, your easy boy, your lazy boy, your, your cushion, your comforter, no. He wants us to be part of a change agency movement. Maybe you're familiar with Margaret Mead's quote, never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. Jesus practiced that, and transformation is the word for today. Justification, sanctification, transformation, pure Jesus. To know pure Jesus, if you're wondering, you don't just want a knockoff. You don't just want a filtered variety of some religious experience. No, if you want to know pure Jesus from the New Testament, it's to be invited in to a transformation because Jesus envisioned change people changing the world until he comes again. Jesus changed the world through a small group that in the end he entrusted the world to and we are now evidence of that in our lives. Luke chapter six brings us into that storyline where it says, one of those days, Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray, and he spent the entire night in prayer. The next morning when he got up, he called the disciples to him, and then he chose from all those gathered 12 whom he designated 
apostles. Simon, whom he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon's called the Zealot, James, son of, I mean, Judas, son of, Jude, of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became the traitor. Now, a few chapters later, we also learn that in that large group of disciples were also significant women who were faithful followers of Christ from the beginning. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. There was Joanna, wife of Cusa, who was the manager in Herod's household. Susanna, many of these women, many others of these women, and they helped support Jesus out of their own means. They were financially underwriting his ministry. And then, verse 19 of the same chapter, Jesus' uh, mother and brothers show up, his biological family, and they show up one day and they say, and they, the message is passed on into where Jesus is, hey, your mother and your brothers are here, they want to see you. And uh, Jesus answers back, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and put it into practice. I'm not sure that's what the family was expecting to hear that day. But then two chapters later, we're brought into some more family and friends of Jesus when he's like at a retreat center. Actually, it's a little town called Bethany, a little village where Larry, I mean, where Mary, Martha, and their brother Lazarus. And Jesus, we find in the Gospels, would retreat there and just hang out together with some close friends. So why am I saying this? Well, from these stories, what we see is there was a very large group of those that followed Jesus, men and women both. They were called disciples. From the disciples, he chose 12 men uh, that he, he named apostles, that they would be sent with a message, the message of God. And then that Jesus claims that the bonds between those who in his spiritual family, those who practice the word of God are actually stronger bonds than blood family. That's what Luke just said, right? And then as we get closer in and we see these friends that he hangs out with as well and his family that gathered around, and, and here's the thing that stands out to me is how ordinary everybody is. They're so ordinary. They're just plain common people. Ordinariness, not exceptionality, is the rule. It, it's not, they're not chosen because they're the talent winners in the capital city, so hey, now you get to be on Jesus' team for a while because you won the talent competition. No, they're not necessarily talented. They're not, they don't have standout faith because we see in their stories that they falter in faith. They're just so common. They're so ordinary. It kind of reminds me of what Rabbi Blue, one rabbi was asked when he was, uh, what he answered when he was asked, why did God make the Jews his chosen people? And the rabbi said, because they're, they're just like everybody else, only more so. The same could apply to Jesus' disciples. They're just like everybody else. Only they've got that Jewish more so about them. Five Jewish fishermen from two different families, two sets of brothers, Jewish brothers. One guy is a Jewish skeptic. His name is Thomas, and he wants to see it before he's going to believe anything. And um, two on the 12 are on the opposite ends of the political spectrum of their day. Matthew is a Jew, but he's a tax collector for the Romans. It's not a very popular role. It puts him in collusion with the oppressive, militant uh, Romans. And Simon Zealots is a Jewish nationalist who hates the Romans. 
I'm thinking these guys probably didn't sit next to each other at communion, you know? Um, the 12, you read the story in the Gospels, and what you see is the 12, not only are they ordinary, are they common, they're messy. And they're all over the page. Um, they, they're impulsive, they're ambitious, they're short-tempered, they're judgmental. They have issues with each other, they have issues with other people. And yet the pendulum swings the other side and it says, but they're so willing to learn and they're so eager to make a difference and they're, they're ready to help others and they're curious, but then the pendulum swings again, but they're not really wanting to be stretched too far out of their comfort zones. I mean, and then we discover they're just like straightforward guys. They tell it like it is. If they see it this way, that's what they're going to say. You can probably count on that. And, and then on one moment, they're like full of courage and they've got salt and fire and the next moment, they're like timid and doubting and they're afraid. They're just ordinary people with ordinary lives and ordinary problems and growing edges. And pure Jesus says this to these ordinary people, follow me and I will make you world changers. We're gonna fish for men. Follow me into the transformation. I have a vision in mind of becoming, and though you're fishing right now, I'm going to enlarge your potential and your possibilities, and we're going to go change the world together. He calls out 12 men. They're symbolic of the new Israel, the kingdom of God, the new Israel, 12 tribes of the old Israel. Now, Jesus, it would be evident to everybody, oh, he's got 12 guys. Yep, they represent the 12 tribes, and, uh, and, these, and then out of that larger population of disciples, men and women, sons and daughters of God in this kingdom of God, he's now going to enter, engage them in the transformation journey of developmental learning. In fact, one of the women that's following Jesus is at his feet in that retreat center one day, and Jesus affirms her says she's found the good thing here. He doesn't chide her for learning his word. He affirms her being a female learner and leader in that moment. And then through a series of encounters and tasks and challenges, Jesus stretches them and develops them and deploys them to be change agents in their world. And what I really want you to hear me say today is if you want to follow pure Jesus, you've got to expect him to do the same thing with you. If you don't just want a knockoff variety, if you don't just want a Sunday-only Jesus, if you want to know the pure Jesus, then you got to ask yourself, is he stretching me? Is he calling me? Is he moving me? Is he developing me? One day he was training them on prayer. He said, here's how you ought to pray. See that mountain? Say to that mountain, move. And it goes on, Mark eleven twenty two. have faith in God. If anyone says to this, any common ordinary one, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Now, I'm just telling you what Jesus said. I'm, I'm not saying, oh, this is what I do, right? Because I'm growing and I got, I'm stretching. This stretches me. This one's like, what? Wait, What? Yeah, that's what he said. You know what he's doing? He's making mountain movers. When it comes to pray, don't aim lower than moving that mountain. And then he appoints 72 a little bit later in the story, and he sends them out. Out of that large gathering of men and women, he 
gathers 72, sends them out two by two into every town, and he says to them, this is what you, the harvest is plentiful. There's lots of work to be done, very few workers, and ask the Lord of the harvest, here's a mountain for you, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. And then he says, now you're part of the answer to that prayer. You go, you go, and I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Okay, wait a minute. How's that for a pep talk? Okay, how should a lamb behave among wolves? Seriously now, right? Gonna give us any self-defense training before we get out there, Jesus? You know, he says, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. See ya. Right? This is like, the, this stretches them. But guess what happens? You know what he's doing? He's making kingdom ambassadors. It's an act of faith. You gotta step out by faith. But then guess what happens? They come back from their trip, and this is what they say. Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Oh, this is like a discovery. They wouldn't have known it if they hadn't left and gone out. And Jesus says this, here's here's what you just discovered by taking me up on this. I have given you authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. You know what he's doing? He's making spiritual warriors. When it comes to praying, I want you to be mountain movers. When it comes to going, I want you to be kingdom ambassadors wherever you go. And now when it comes to encountering those wolves, I'm making you spiritual warriors, but it's as you go that it happens. And then the end of the Gospels, what does he say? Now I want you to go into all the world. These guys probably hadn't been out of their hometown except to go to the capital city, Jerusalem, every now and then. And now he's saying, I want you to, I am enlarging you to embrace the entire world. What you're becoming and now go make disciples of all nations. In other words, what I have done with you, now you go do with others. What's he doing? Making world changers. Jesus isn't aiming any lower when it comes to you. Sister, brother, listen. You want to follow the pure Jesus, then you've got to learn how to think larger than where you've been. But or, I'm just so ordinary. Hey, yes, yeah, so are they. Ordinary people transformed into lives of extraordinary impact. And this is Jesus. This is pure Jesus. You want to know if you're following him, expect him to stretch you into that. Just ordinary people. God uses ordinary people, the song says. He chooses people just like me and you who are willing to do what he commands. God uses people that, are, that will give him all, no matter how small their all might be to them, because little becomes much when you place it in the master's hand. Just like that little lad who gave Jesus all he had, how the multitudes were fed from some fish and some loaves of bread. What you have may not seem much, but when you yield it to the touch of the master's loving hand, then you will understand how your life will never be the same. Pure Jesus means transformation. The way it was is not the way it's going to be. And Jesus wants you becoming in the journey. Now, maybe you've never thought of yourself as a world changer. Listen to me, God has. Maybe you've never seen yourself as a mountain mover. Can I tell you, Jesus has. He's way ahead of you on this one. And he wants you to have the pure, real experience Okay, so maybe you'll, you won't be an apostle. You know, there are 12 of those guys, symbolic representation, you know. Um, but God has a plan for you to be a change agent in the world. But wait a minute, Bill. You know, I'm just like Jesus 101. I barely passed my class. 
Are you saying, oh, no, I'm now Jesus 2.0. You know, I've, I know forgiveness of sin, and I've been freed up, but now I'm just learning how to get power, and I'm learning how to overcome. And can I tell you something? Jesus has already got you in the third lesson here. That's what he's got in mind the whole time. You hear the story of the uh, caterpillar? Butterfly was flitting overhead. He looked up. He said, you'll never get me up in one of those. Jesus would say to you, don't be so sure. Because he knows better than any of us, you weren't made to be on your belly for your life. You were meant to fly. And he intends for you to become all that you can be. What justification purchased for you in the forgiveness of sin and what sanctification has empowered you for in the presence of his spirit isn't just sitting around saying, isn't it great we know God? No, he says, here's what's the greater thing. Come with me and let's change the world. That's how you know you're in pure Jesus territory. He doesn't leave you where you've been. God has a plan to move you, to move you. God has a plan to move you from a life of consumption that, frankly, gets boring, stagnant, and disappointing. We're in a consumer culture, and we're always repackaging and re, you know, because they want us to just keep consuming. God wants to move you from a life of consumption into a life of meaningful contribution. Pure Jesus will do that through transformation. Now, I was given a alarming statistic to me recently. It said that those who study churches in American life say this, the statistics show that most people will leave a church after six years. That they'll connect to a church and they'll be a part of it for six years, typically in America these days, unless they have connected in some meaningful opportunity of service. They leave. Even if it's a loving church, even if it's a strong ministry church, even if it's a quality Bible teaching church, they're going to leave after six years. You know why? Now Somebody's already thinking, well, there is that seven-year itch thing. There seems to be something about human nature, fallen human nature, that has a clock on it that says, well, I can consume about six years, and then something in me goes off and says, well, maybe I need to go consume somewhere else. But satisfying discipleship isn't just about coming and consuming, not when you're following pure Jesus. It's about connecting in community and then contributing. Freely you have received, now freely give. It's about growing and being stretched to do life beyond yourself. And you know, so, so here's the thing. If you've been around here about six years and you're, you're thinking, you know, this church has kind of lost some of its magic. You know, when I first came, it was different and new and fresh, and, but I don't know, their, mo, their mojo's off. Maybe I should go somewhere else. Maybe it's time for me to go consume somewhere else. Why does that happen? Well, I'll tell you, because fallen human nature has you on a clock, and our culture is trying to make you into consumer because we're a consumer culture, right? So if all you do is come and consume, can I say to you that you're going to be disappointed? <laughs> like if you come to be entertained, I got to tell you, we may not measure up to that expectation. But if you come to connect to a pure Jesus, and if you want to go deeper and stronger in him, not a knockoff variety, then that could, this could be the right time to say, maybe I should recalibrate and reset and, and recommit. If you, uh, if you tend to come and go saying, well, I really didn't get much out of that. 
Okay, you know what get much out of is? That's the language of consumption. If you're coming to get, then I can tell you we'll never measure up. Because the only one who can fill you is the one who justifies you and sanctifies you and then says, now come with me and let me show you where that will find satisfaction by making meaningful contributions somewhere else. So if you want to do that, I can say, hey, maybe it's time to say, Lord, is it, you got something new for me? And I'll tell you why this matters more now than it, than it has in a long time is because just recently, Miami Beach High School has told us they want our church to be a presence in their community. In fact, in their facility, that the administration... We've met with the administration of the school and they are totally supportive of this. We have approvals from Dade County District saying, yes, church, you are welcome there. We've taken it to the Long Range Planning Committee, to the Council on Ministries of our church, unanimous support. I'm here to tell you today that God has said that your next daring greatly step, Christ's journey, is to take the church and the love of God into Miami Beach. And the high school has invited us to come. So, beginning now, beginning now and through the summer months, we're going to be putting teams together. We're going to be paying close attention. We don't have a preset plan to say, oh, here's what we do now. But we're aiming toward a fall launch. And uh, I'm telling you, I've never had a more clear sense of a Macedonian call. And so I just want to say on behalf of our church, Lord, here we are, send us. But what does that mean? What does that mean? It means this, that it's time for every one of us to take our next step of faith that we don't go there by ourselves. We go there together. How do we go there together? Well, you take your next step of faith wherever you are in the journey. Well, what does that mean, Pastor? Well, I just told you what it meant. Jesus wants you to pray like a mountain mover. Jesus wants you to serve like a kingdom ambassador. Jesus wants you to fight like a spiritual warrior. Jesus intends you to develop and deploy like a world changer. Who, me? I'm just ordinary. Exactly. That's what gives the hope to every other ordinary common person in the world. That there is no sin Jesus can't forgive, that there's no life Jesus can't change and empower, and there's no hope, no despair so far gone that Jesus can't bring new hope. So what I want to invite you to do is to pray. And I'm not going to tell you when or where and how. I'm just going to say pray. I'm going to say fast and pray. Miss a meal, and instead of feeding your body, instead of consuming, then pray, Lord, your will be done, your kingdom come. The time that you would have given for something to get, you will give to say, Lord, guide me and us as we seek to take our next step of faith. Maybe you don't just miss one meal. Maybe it's two, maybe it's three. Maybe you pray like Jesus did all night long. Some of us are doing that already to say, Lord, what's your next step for us? Maybe your fast, maybe it doesn't involve food. Maybe for you, it's fasting from that digital device that distracts us so many times every day. What if just for a morning, you were to say, Lord, I'm gonna fast from my smart device and every time I'm tempted to look at it, I'm instead going to pray, Lord, your will be done, your kingdom come in my life and in our city and in our outreach as a church family. Would you pray without ceasing? Maybe you should just set it aside until the next morning. I don't know if your schedule allows you to do that, but what I'm saying is let's pray without ceasing. As much as we be looking at our devices, maybe we should say, Lord, we're looking to you. And then it's time to step up and serve. Others will be called out to be tip of the spear. Maybe that's you. You already know it's you. You heard it today. You felt something inside you say, I gotta go to Miami Beach. I gotta be part of the warrior team that's gonna establish a beachhead 
there for Christ's kingdom, then I would say, say yes to the Lord. Okay, I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna step up. But when others step up and step out, you know what? It's a t- somebody else else gotta step up. So maybe that's you. Maybe you've been coming for six years and saying, you know, it's kind of losing its stuff. Okay, well then help us find it. Step up and follow pure Jesus. Let's leave the knockoff somewhere else. Let's leave the other than Sunday Jesus somewhere else. Let's, how about if you stepped up and said, Jesus, if it's up to me and I'm in. I'll serve, I'll give, I'll go. What's my next step? That's the only thing I'm asking you to do. And here's what I can tell you. Everybody can take a next step. I can't tell you what yours is. But I would like you to know your pastor wants you to take it. In the Christ journey, following the pure Jesus, we have to take steps. So what's your next step? Would you take it? Maybe for some of you, we've raised our hands for months now just saying, oh, Lord, I, want, I need your forgiveness, and I've experienced it, and you're feeling lighter, and you sense the presence of God's Spirit inside you, and you're saying, wow, this is great. But what's your next step? Baptism. This is the time. You take your next step. You've been floating through. Sundays is all that you do with us. No, your next step is connect to a group. You've been in a group for a while. What's your next step? Serve. Strengthen the muscles. Step up. Let's follow pure Jesus together, and let's watch the mountain move. Amen? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the vision you have for us, the vision you have for your church, the vision you have for Miami, the vision you have for our world, for our nation, for the world of nations. And we know that we are connected in such a unique way. This church is under your vision and your blessing and your ordaining grace. And we thank you, Lord, for the gift of opportunity that Miami Beach is affording us now. But we're praying, Holy Spirit, that you would show each of us what our next step is and you would find us faithful to take it. And friend, for you, maybe your next step is coming to know Jesus personally, not as a religion, but pure Jesus and the forgiveness of your sins and the power of his spirit. How can that happen for you? A prayer right now. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. I welcome your spirit to come alive in me. And now lead me to become all that you would have me be as I grow, as I learn, as I follow. It's a simple prayer. It's a simple step. But if you would allow me to ask God's blessing upon your next steps of faith, and you prayed with me, then would you simply raise your hand just for a moment, hold it up, keep it up long enough for me to find you. Kindle Campus, we're watching and praying with you. Campus Pastor, Church Online, same thing. You can click right there, and we're praying with you. God bless you. Thank you. Right here in front, right on the aisle to my right, God bless you. Over to my right in the section on the front, God bless you. In the middle, again, amen. And then to my left, right here on the aisle and toward the back, over toward the far left, God bless you. Lord Jesus, for every person who by uplifted hand is saying, I'm open to taking the next step. Stretch me, Lord. Show me. 
and by faith I will follow. May right now they sense your presence and your joy and your peace. In your name we pray, amen. If you enjoyed the content you saw today, I want to invite you to subscribe, comment, like, and even share it with someone you know. And if you'd like to connect with us a little bit further, I'm leaving our link to the website in the description below. You can connect with us there, find out a location, maybe we're right near you, and find out any upcoming events that we might have. See you soon.